This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com. Good Friday is kind of one of those days where I don't know what your background was with it growing up, if it was something you participated in, something you were completely unaware of. Uh, Maybe you just lived like it was always Good Friday, not because of what Jesus did, just because the weekend was coming. Uh, But regardless of your experience, when you come to understand what Good Friday is about, it's about the sacrifice of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the suffering of Jesus. It can kind of make Good Friday feel like that point in your favorite movie that you want to fast forward through every time you get to it, right? That, that low moment before the really high moment, the, the moment where it looks like the hero has lost before the hero wins, right? It's, it's, so whatever that might be for you, for, for me, it's that moment in Saving Private Ryan right before Tom Hanks dies. Like, I just, I don't ever need to see that again. Because um, it always gets dusty in the room in that moment. Maybe it's when, when Tony Stark snaps his fingers and finishes Avengers once and for all. I, I don't know how high or low your movie taste might be. But that for all of us, we have that space where you watch the same movie over and over and over again. There's that, always that moment, though, where you just think, I just want to skip to the good part. And sometimes it can be easy for us to view Good Friday as the low part before the good part that comes on Easter. But, but what I want to help us understand tonight is Good Friday is also the good part. Because Good Friday isn't just about me being a horrible sinner that Jesus had to die for. It does include that. It's not just about you and the bad things you've done that led him to the cross. It does include that. But more than that, it's about the extravagant love of God demonstrated to us in Jesus Christ. And so Good Friday, in many ways, it leads us to a location. And the location of Good Friday is the cross. And as it takes us to the cross, it it highlights a couple things for us. The first thing is the cross does highlight our sin. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so on Good Friday, what we're coming together to remember is not that Jesus died in just a, a universal sense, not that Jesus died just in a generic sense, but Jesus died in a very personal way for me and for you. And so Good Friday means it's not just something that was done for us, but it was actually something that happened because of us. The cross was necessary because of my sin. The cross was necessary because of your sin. And and what that means then is on Good Friday, there are no observers, but we are all active participants in it. It was my sin that required the death of Jesus. It was yours. It was the sins of the world then, in between, now, and in the future. The sin of every man, woman, child, teenager was laid upon him, and he bore on himself the punishment that was due to all of us. And so as Good Friday leads us to the cross, it leads us to this moment of reflection and understanding, and and really kind of those somber moments that that are the reason we want to fast forward through the scene. But instead, we're invited just to sit for a minute and to remember in the middle of all of my sin, Jesus comes. And he doesn't come in judgment. He doesn't come in anger. He doesn't come with disappointment or shame. He doesn't come kind of shaking his head, rolling his eyes and saying, well, I guess I'll do this if I have to. But instead, he comes and the scriptures tell us for the joy set before him, he endures the cross. And so the cross not only points us towards our sin and highlights the reality of it, but the cross also highlights God's love for us. 
As you keep reading in Romans, you come to chapter 5, verse 6, where it says, You see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so on Good Friday, as we are led to the cross, as that's the, the location of the demonstration of God's love, it's a reminder to us that that was all initiated by God. And so today it also reminds us that his offer of new life, his offer of forgiveness in Christ is something that he extends to us before we've ever given a thought towards him. The action of Jesus on the cross was not in response to your righteousness, but it was in response to your unrighteousness. He didn't come because he thought with just a little bit of help you could be a really good person. He came because you and I were dead, dying, and alone in our sins. And before we had ever given a thought towards how we could please the Lord, he sent Jesus to die for us. And so what the cross highlights then is the extravagant, overwhelming love of the Father for us. That he was willing to sacrifice his son. He was willing to allow the sin of the world to be laid on the sinless one. He was willing to allow Jesus to be betrayed, to be rejected, to be lied about, to be mocked, to be beaten, to ultimately to be crucified so that he could be the perfect and final sacrifice for the sins of every man, woman, and child then and now. And so the cross is not a place of shame. It's not a place of guilt. It's not a place of condemnation. The cross is a place where we sit and we remember this is what the love of the Father looks like for us. He held nothing back. He gave the very best that he had so that we could then walk into new life with Jesus. And so if the cross leads us to consider our sin and then the cross also highlights the love of God for us, then it seems as if the cross should be a regular part of our experience. Jesus intended for this to be the case, not just with events like Good Friday, but when he instituted communion as a practice for the church, he was providing us an, an activity, something to participate in, where we would regularly remember that our sin required his sacrifice, that he willingly sacrificed himself, and his sacrifice is, was, will be sufficient. Paul tells us how communion works. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread... And drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So what Paul tells us is that it is supposed to be a common practice for every believer to participate in communion. Communion is a, an activity where we come to remember the sacrifice of Jesus, and in doing so, we remember that our sin required we remember that there is now a new covenant that has been established by Jesus. One that no longer requires endless sacrifices or the, the, the following of all the rules and rituals of the Old Testament. But now we are fully, finally, and forever made right with God through Jesus Christ. Paul tells us that as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
And so what Paul is, is telling us is, is there's really kind of three aspects, three ways that we're looking when we come to receive communion together. We're looking back at what Jesus did. We're remembering the historical reality of his crucifixion, his death, and his resurrection. We're also looking in the present moment as we're receiving it, we're remembering that in the same way I'm receiving communion, so also I have received the forgiveness that Christ offered then. And then we're also looking forward because Paul says we continue to do this until he comes. And we look forward to the day that we will be fully and completely united with Christ. We long for the day when he returns to, to establish his kingdom, to create the new heavens and the earth, new earth and allow us to live and walk with him as we were created to before sin entered the world. But in this space in between, the perfect sacrifice of Jesus and the fulfillment of all things at his return, we live in this world where we need to constantly remember the sacrifice that was necessary for our sins and how it was perfectly provided in Jesus Christ. This evening on Good Friday is an opportunity for us to come and remember that, yes, I have sinned greatly, but Jesus has forgiven even more. There is nothing in your life right now that he will not forgive. There is no space that he cannot renew. There is no place that he cannot restore. Good Friday is the message of, hey, before you'd ever even thought about getting your act together, Jesus provided the way for you to experience the life God created you for, one of fellowship with the Lord and fellowship with other believers. And that continues to be possible for us as we confess our sins, receive forgiveness, and walk in the new life that he has for us. In just a, a moment, some of our, our staff and deacons are going to distribute communion to you. They'll, they'll come up and down the aisles and, and pass that. As you get it, I'm going to ask you just to hold it in your hands. The band's going to come back. They're going to lead us in a song as they do. I, I want to ask you, just remain seated as they lead us. Use these moments as an opportunity for reflection. Use them as an opportunity for repentance. Use them as an opportunity to understand that Good Friday is a good experience for you. Because it's a reminder that over every sin in your life, Jesus has come to offer forgiveness, new life, and restoration. So I'm going to pray for us, and then as, as the ushers come, you'll just grab those, hold on to them, and then I'll come back and lead us in receiving communion together. Jesus, we come to you on Good Friday with hearts full of gratitude. We thank you that while we were still sinners, you died for us. We thank you, Lord, that, that even though we deserve judgment and we deserve separation, that because of your sacrifice, you've come and you've offered us forgiveness and new life. Now, Jesus, we invite the Holy Spirit to come and bring conviction and revelation. Will you shine light into the dark spaces of our hearts and minds? Will you reveal every sin not to condemn us, but to lead us into an experience of forgiveness and new life? We believe, Lord, that your sacrifice was perfect, was final, and can be applied to our hearts, to our lives, our minds, our relationships today. So will you come and forgive us? Will you come and be our Lord? Will you come and be our Savior? Will you come and lead us on the paths of righteousness that you have prepared for us to walk? In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christian Chapel. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com.